Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Hello and good morning. Welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown. I'm your host, Casey Seymour. I'm joined with Sean Hackett of Hackett Financial. Hack- Sean, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing really good, Mr. Casey. Another uh, fun-filled week of... Uh... Of, of suspense and uh, inquiry. <laughs> I've heard that. I heard there's some. So there's little few little things going on out there. That I guess that could be of of uh, of attention to a few people. Um, you know, I tell you what, this this China thing is has uh, really kind of taken a turn for the worse. When we thought it was supposed to be pretty well hemmed up, and everyone was supposed to be coming and hanging out, and everyone's going to be best friends and all that. But I think we need to bring uh, Howie Mandel in and play. Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> deal or no deal because that's what we've come down to man it's just been a uh it, if you read what she's puts out there right now like we were talking about before we got started if you read all that stuff out there it's i don't there's there's no real reason for anyone to show up because they might as well be starting back over in february of 2018 and and, and starting this whole thing all over again it, it's just it's a mess it is i mean from what we have been told that all the, of the key agreements that had been priorly, uh, priorly negotiated that they backtracked on and changed the language at the last minute and say you just have to, and say you just have to trust us. Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so so it just sounds like they were just delaying, trying to buy time. Uh, all along, and yet, yet I still don't understand why they're coming and why why are they still coming? It, it, you know, I guess there's always a chance, Mr. Casey, that something good could happen. But um, I think we, from what we read, we have to assume no deal. We're gonna have escalation tariffs. Um, if if by a, a, you know some wild situation we we pull a rabbit out of the hat and get something, it'd be a big surprise. But I think right now we have to assume. We're gonna have an escalation here until otherwise noted. You know, I just think that's that's the way you have to look at it because there just seems no way that we're gonna bridge this gap from what we've been told. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a crazy thing, and and I, I really kind of and this is not not only is this the China week, you know, we've got to worry about here this this deal coming up on on Thursday, and what was it? Is it was it twelve oh one on Friday morning that that the new tariffs roll into place if if they're gonna roll them in? Um, on top of that, that very next day we'll have a, a USDA crop report, um, Planet Acres report that's going to shed a pretty big light on uh, what's going on out in the I states and, and throughout the Corn Belt, as well as uh, there's getting to be a pretty serious weather pattern um, taking place that we're seeing. That's just that lingering rain that we've talked about on here is just is just there and it's not going away. And so you couple that with everything that's going on, Friday is going to be a big day. Well, it'll be a big day, it'll be, but it'll be a good day. And what I mean by that is, no deal or, or deal, at least we'll know what's going on. I right. mean, the market can adjust and move forward if we know what's the deal. If it's escalation and we're going to have tariffs, mm-hmm. and that's the new situation, 
Okay, that's fine. We'll adjust and we'll, and we'll, and we'll forge ahead. But to be in this constant right. faith of uncertainty and juggling, we just need to get some certainty in the market. We'll move on. We'll figure it out. We can, we can focus on something else. As you and I have been saying, we just want to focus on something else in this endless trade talk. Um, and, and, and either way, I would think after Friday, we're going to be able to finally maybe do that. The USDA report, you know, the, the problem is, is that report's going to be based upon planning intentions, which could be very, very different mm-hmm. already because of the weather. Yep. And they're going to assume trend line yields, which may be very, very different because of the weather. So that report in itself probably is not going to give me a really good read on what the truth is because we have so much weather that has already taken place and the USDA doesn't typically adjust for that in this report. So at best we can see or do from this report is just provide a baseline from which to adjust you know, in the next report in June, which might take some of this weather into account. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's data and it's reason for traders and algorithms to, to make changes to their positions. And we know right now, some of the short positions in our markets are very, very high. And, and maybe that shuffles the deck a little bit and creates some, some increased volatility that we've already been seeing in recent days. Yep. So, yeah, that, that is a, that is a great statement. I mean, the last, uh, from where things opened up on Sunday night and to where they ended at, uh, here the other day, we, we pretty much gained back what we've lost. You know, it's kind of been back and forth a little bit here and there, but for the most part, we've, we've gained the majority of that back and, you know, but we're still off from three weeks ago. We're still off what 20 some cents, 25 cents, something like that. You know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of volatility in the marketplace, but like, like you've alluded to in past podcasts, the volatility is really starting to pick up, and that's that's when you're going to start seeing some of these buy signals come out. So, talk about some of the buy signals you see out there right now, and and, and what your smart money report is telling you. Well, last week, and remember the, the information we use for our algorithm, our smart money algorithm, is from this commitment of traders report, which comes out and is, is uh, their positions as of the prior Tuesday. So, what we have is from last Tuesday before all this uh, Sunday tweet stuff. But we have an escalating smart money buy signal in the grains complex as a whole. Uh, this is the first time we've had since January of 2018. So it's been a very, very long time since we've had the insiders and grains betting on, on higher prices. Now, we don't know what they did Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we'll know that on Friday. But we assume and believe that they bought more and that that their buying is going to continue to suggest, despite all the short-term uncertainty about a trade deal or not, that they're still betting on higher prices. And we think the reason is that this weather is becoming not only a, an idle speculation, but it's becoming a real problem that they're now beginning to take a look at and say, whatever the trade deal is or it isn't, if we're going to have you know, well below trend line yields, it's not going to make any difference because our balance sheets are going to tighten up substantially either way. Mm-hmm. And so, so we're pretty optimistic. And should the market take a hit on Friday because the deal uh, doesn't get done um, and, and there's an escalation of trade or they don't like the USD report, you know, we think there could be one final great buying opportunity in the brains complex if that were to happen. Because smart money is really telling us intermediate term that these prices are going higher. And so we're very optimistic finally that we're getting that clear indication from them that things are looking better. And who knows? You know, if we escalate a trade war, Mr. Casey, what we think about is maybe the central banks of the world are going to print all kinds of money immediately and flood the world with printed money again, like to try to save off some, you know, a, a fear over an economic recession globally. And maybe that, that creates a huge windfall for inflation in our ag markets. I mean, it's kind of weird 
it could be that a trade deal not happening is the best thing for ag markets because it produces monetary inflation. So we have to keep an open mind that what appears to be the case may not be the case when it's all said and done. And the insiders, the smartest money out there, may already have factored that equation in already. Yeah. So. Well, plenty of stuff going on, man. So let's talk about what we see happening right now in, in the cattle market. Cattle market's just gotten beat up here. They've had they've rebounded a few days here, but for the most part, they've just gotten kind of kicked around the last couple of weeks. So, what do you see happening in the in the cattle market, and, and where do you see uh, where do you see that headed? Well, look, African swine fever it can't be printed away, and it can't and it can't be tariffed away. We have this huge pork supply deficit that has to be addressed and, and, and there's nothing that's going on around us is going to change that fact and beef is part of the equation now there were there were hopes that maybe a trade deal would allow or, or, or create some buying directly from the chinese buying u.s beef it appears right now that we're not going to get a direct buying of u.s beef from the chinese instead what the chinese are going to do are going to buy australian beef brazilian beef new zealand beef and those countries that buy those be from those countries who are not going to get it are going to have to escalate the buying from us. So either way, we're going to get the buying. It's just that it's been delayed potentially a little bit from when some of the market participants thought we would see it from a trade deal. So ultimately, this is a tremendous opportunity here uh, in terms of if you're on the buy side of beef, if you're an end user of beef, of buying cattle, you know, it's a tremendous overreaction uh, to a long-term African swine fever trend of a massive meat protein shortage. And so we think the market stabilizing here the last couple of days is the beginning process of establishing a low and beginning to work the market higher um, as we move forward. We don't, I mean, even look at the, the volatility in the uh, hog market yesterday. I think we had an eight, nine point swing from bottom to, to peak intraday. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's been some pretty wild swings in the market here just throughout the day. I mean, and, and everything, you know, I was watching the corn market yesterday and, and it was, uh, it started out down one and a half or one and a quarter something like that and by about midday it was up three and then it finished down one and a quarter so i mean there's a huge swing in the market there from from where it was at from top to bottom so it's well intraday day on monday morning i think corn temporarily hit like i trying to remember 353 or something on uh, 352 mm-hmm. you know and, and yesterday we we're only two cents off of the friday's high so right. just you know i mean it's a good thing to have volatility. It's not just going to be on the downside. We are going to get some upside volatility, but the fact that markets are starting to move means that people are going to be less comfortable in this, you know, in where they've been, and, and that means there's going to be greater and greater opportunities to hedge, mm-hmm. uh, you know, either on the buy side or the sell side. So we're very encouraged to have no volatility means no opportunity, and that's not good for anybody. And so we're encouraged that we're finally trying the markets open and creating this volatility. And if the weather continues down the path that we think it's going to, the weather volatility is going to provide some pretty exciting upside volatility a little later on in the summer. So. Yeah, yeah there's, there's stuff out there. So we, we've talked about cotton a few times on here um, a little bit, and we're, you were mentioning something about cotton last week We where you start looking at the overall um, – the economy of the world and, and what that looks like and, and how that how that's going to affect the cotton market. Do you still see that playing out? Um, I mean, everyone on on all the business uh, news channels and everything else swear up and down that that we've we've missed this this recession, but it still seems like we're slowing down a little bit. We're still slowing down. Uh, that hasn't changed, and especially if we escalate a trade war. I mean, there's nothing about an escalating trade war is going to improve economic activity. Now, what we don't know 
What we don't know is how quickly and how aggressively will central banks react. How quickly will the Federal Reserve lower rates or start printing money again, QE5 or QE whatever? You know, how quickly will the Bank of Japan and the, and the Bank of China and the European Central Bank start printing money again? Because obviously, if you print enough money in a short period of time, you can, at least for a period of time, reverse some of these trends. And so that's what we are going to be looking for to see when and how aggressive they make moves. Because if they make aggressive moves fairly quickly, it could improve at least the intermediate term outlook for economic activity and maybe improve the prospects for, you know, for cotton demand. You know, we can't say that yet. We're not willing to make that comment yet, but that's something that in the back of our mind we're keeping an open mind to. But for now, we're sticking to enough acres globally are going to get planted. Until we see the central banks make a move, we still feel that's going to be the, the predominant headwind that's going to force cotton prices lower. Um, until we get a significant reaction from central banks. Yep. A lot of stuff going on, man. This, this, the weather that we see, especially in, in, especially in the deep south, how wet it's been down there and how long it's, I mean, you, we're, we're supposed to have, uh, I think through the Corn Belt, there was supposed to be something like a, a seven day dry spell. Yes. What, what happens if it rains a couple of days in that seven days? What, what's that going to do? Well, we have to, the first thing we have to remember, Mr. Casey, is this. That, okay, the rain is supposed to stop in earnest maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday, depending on whatever you're in. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean the very next day you go plant. I mean, you need a couple right. of days to at least, and it's not going to be, it's not like we have hot temperatures like we had last year, you know, mm-hmm. blisteringly hot. It's supposed to be average to cooler than average, which means you know, we're not going to see any excessive evaporation. So, at best case scenario, the planters get rolling, you know, maybe in day three of a, of a, of a five to seven day dry period. Um, and, 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 and once again, dry doesn't mean no rain. Dry means what we've been seeing is that a lot of times there's not supposed to be rain, and then we get a surprise rainfall right. in a given day. And then, of course, that immediately sets you back an extra day or two. So, look, we're going to make some progress next week. It's our best window we, we are going to have all spring season. But by no means is it going to eradicate or, or remove um, you know, the deficit in terms of our planting versus what we're supposed to be planting. And then from what we see, we're supposed to go right back to the pattern we were in the following week where we have low pressure in the northwest, mm-hmm. high pressure in the southeast, and we have a conveyor belt coming in. We're supposed to go right back to it, which means you get five days to plant, and, and, then, and then the rains come back big time again, which then poses the question, if you just get the corn planted and you get flooding rains again, does that, crop, does that planted crop even... Yep. Come out. Yep. We don't know. The answer is I don't see anything in this forecast into end of May, early June that's promising for getting the crop planted or having it come out of the ground in the manner that we're accustomed to. Right. Okay. Well, Sean, plenty of stuff going on. If uh, folks need to get some get some help and maybe direction of what's going on or get some better idea of what's happening, um, how would they do that? Our website's the best place, uh, Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have, like I said, we have a lot of the material on there from videos and webinars and sample reports. And you know, you get a good read on what we do and, and, and to see if what we do might be of, of service and help to you, especially during such uncertain times. Right on, right on. Well, I got a shameless plug here. If anybody's watching this right now and wants to get a Moving Iron Podcast koozie, hit me up, DM me on Twitter. And Sean, yours is in the mail, buddy. Also, <clears throat> don't forget to watch the Dry Line Farmer Podcast. 
check it out. They got a lot of good stuff on there, and I bet you if you reached out to old to the old boys down there, they might they might send you one as well. So, <clears throat> Sean, take care of yourself. We'll talk again next week. And this Friday, we the Sean and I did a podcast on uh, what's kind of happened with the weather and how the sun is 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 affecting that. So check look for that on Friday. And till then, Sean, have a good one. We'll talk again on Wednesday, man. Sounds great, Mr. Casey. Have a great week. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and GlobalAgNetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Time and time.